It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Eagles fans to another edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. As always, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase here riding solo on this Thursday edition of the show, episode three this week. Thank you so much for tuning in, Eagles fans across the globe. Uh, we hear you. We appreciate you. Thanks again uh, for coming in and hanging out with me. Um, this is, again, episode three. If you missed, we had part two of our all-time Eagles draft on Monday, and then... Uh, Yesterday, right? Yeah, yesterday we did a podcast on connections that have never happened, that will never happen in Eagles history that we'd love to see between a past or present quarterback and past or present offensive weapons. I'll give you one. I talked about Carson Wentz and the potential of him, let's say, throwing to a guy like Terrell Owens. So that was a lot of fun. It was inspired by our all-time Eagles draft that myself, Lars Lewis, Gino Camilleri, and Jordan Hanskin did this weekend. Again, if you missed that draft, we did it in two parts. It's available on any podcast feed. Uh, Saturday we did part one. Monday we did part two and then what we're going to do with those four rosters of the best Eagles that we could combine on a offensive and defensive lineup next week we're going to put those rosters into Madden 20 and we're going to watch the simulations and uh, we'll be posting those highlight clips on YouTube and we'll be tweeting them out on Lockdown Birds at DiBiase LOE and at Gino underscore LOE so it's a ton of fun I've had a lot of fun doing the past couple shows and, and yesterday's podcast was inspired by that because you know we're, we're combining different eras of Eagles football right I'm drafting uh, let's say Carson Wentz and then taking a receiver let's say from the 70s or 90s and you kind of think like wow actually those the talents the strengths of those players they would have gelled really well together and that kind of made me think okay let's do an entire episode of that what you know quarterbacks and offensive weapons from past and current eras of Eagles football can I put together that fans would have drooled over seeing them play at Veterans Stadium or at Lincoln Financial Field so if you missed any of those podcasts or any of the other ones before that we're doing three to, to six of these a week on the podcast make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. We are available on all platforms as well as on LockedOnEagles.com. Today, I'm going to move, you know, we we talked a lot about offense yesterday. I'm going to flip sides of the field now and get into the cornerback position because uh, the other day I saw on Twitter, Hall of Fame and former Cowboys Vice President Gil Brandt brought up, it was interesting actually, he brought up a poll on Twitter talking about who is the GOAT when it comes to Eagles cornerbacks throughout franchise history. Who is the greatest Eagles corner of all time? And the options were interesting. He put up there, uh, Asante Sa- the, the top three when it comes to poll results were Asante Samuel won at 38.8% of the votes. Eric Allen was second at 34.9%. And then Troy Vincent actually came in uh, third there. And it, it got me thinking about that because, of course, we're going to get into, um, you know, kind of looking back at all those 
great corners and how it's been so long since the Eagles have had that caliber of player at the position. Really, since Asante Samuel um, back in 2011, it's been nine years since they had somebody like that. Now, hopefully, they do have that in Darius Slay. I will get into in segments two and three if I believe that they have enough at the cornerback position this year to get back into that golden era because, you know, seeing all those goats looking at the early 2000s and what they had, it was a successful couple decades of defensive back play for uh, the Birds. And um, I think they're going to get back to that. And I'll tell you why in segments two and three. But this was all inspired by that GOAT talk brought up by Gil Brandt. Um, Asante Samuel, again, did win the vote. And I agree. I think Eric Allen is right there with Asante. They were both some of the best ball hawks in NFL history, right? And Allen was right behind Asante uh, at 34.9%. I think both are Hall of Famers that are not in. I'm not sure if they're going to make it, but I think they should. Between the two, if I had to choose one to start with in my defensive backfield, I agree with the fans. I think Asante Samuel is the most talented Eagles corner of all time. And while he didn't play as long as Eric Allen or Troy Vincent or you know Bobby Taylor, Lito Shepard, Sheldon Brown... Asante made a huge impact on the team when he was there from 2008 until 2011. I mean, again, we talk about a ball hawk. This is another level. I mean, Asante Samuel is one of, you know, you talk about Deion Sanders, right? You talk about a guy like Eric Allen. Asante, to me, was on another level when it comes to creating turnovers. Um, from 2008 to 2010, those first three years with the Eagles, Asante had 20 interceptions. And, it, you know, you don't see nowadays corners getting nine picks in a year on a consistent basis. And that's what Samuel was doing. In 2009, his second year with Philly, he had nine interceptions. And then he follows that up in 2010 with seven. I mean, this was a guy, he played seven yards off the ball every time. He loved to read the quarterback. He loved to read the plays. Wasn't you know He started off in New England as a press coverage guy, but he's been talking about it on Twitter the past couple days of how he made Bill Belichick change, uh, Belichick change his approach when it comes to coaching cornerbacks because Asante was just a different breed, and he was so elite at what he did that you couldn't really, you didn't want to put him in a box. You wanted him to do what he was going to do. And, you know, he wasn't, he didn't love to tackle, although he could lay the boom sometimes. You had to let him sit back, read the offense, and take risks and make plays on the football because more times than not, he was going to capitalize. Again, 20 interceptions in three years for the Birds, nine in 2009 and seven in 2010. If you're asking me, I think he's the greatest Eagles corner to ever live. And speaking on that 2010 season, there's not a lot of corners that have had a better individual season, not just in Eagles history, but in NFL history. Let me just read this to you. According to Pro Football Focus, Asante Samuel in 2010 was targeted just 41 times, an average of about four per game. He allowed 19 completions, meaning opposing quarterbacks completed just 46.3% of passes thrown in his direction. Those completions traveled 141 yards, just 7.42 yards per catch, and only 3.44 yards per pass attempt. And he only allowed two touchdowns and intercepted seven balls. I mean, this guy, 15% of his passes thrown his way were intercepted. I mean, that's, that's unheard of now. You don't see that in the NFL anymore. Asante was one of the best ball hawks football has ever seen, and the Eagles had the pleasure of... You know, seeing that guy in Midnight Green as their true CB1 for four seasons. And uh, 
Although he did retire shortly after getting moved to um, Atlanta, the Eagles, again, they moved on from him, and they went more towards the guys. They, and again, it was a mistake, if you ask me, but they committed to Namdi Asamoah on the outside and Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie, who they had traded uh, Kevin Cobb for um, in 2011. And DRC was kind of, he had to play inside in 2011, that Dream Team season that was a disaster because, you know, they had Asante, they had Namdi on the outside. They wanted to move in a direction where DRC was featured with Namdi um, opposite him on defense. So Samuel goes on to Atlanta where he still was getting five picks a year for a couple seasons and then, you know, he hung him up. But I think it was a mistake that they let him go. I think he still had a couple good years of football left in him and we saw the result of what happened at corner after he left. It wasn't a good one. So Samuel, man, again, he's one of, again, one of those players where Yeah, he didn't play a decade with Philadelphia, but he made such a big impact in the short amount of time uh, that he was with the Eagles. Also, another stat for you. In 2010, best yards per coverage snap of the decade in 2010 at .36. And again, Eric Allen, he's a similar player. He was on that level too where, you know, the guy had seasons of eight interceptions at times, but Samuel just another notch higher. He was incredible, and I think he is the Eagles' goat at the cornerback position. And looking back, I mean, the Eagles had a ton of success at defensive back from Asante, and really before that, like you start off in the late 90s, you know, of course, at safety, drafting Brian Dawkins, but specifically looking at cornerbacks because the Eagles have not been able to get it right since Samuel. Uh, they've been missing through free agency, through trades, through the draft, you name it, they just haven't been able to get it right. But that wasn't the case for a long time. In the early 2000s, they were going from regime to regime in the defensive backfield, having the same amount of success, not batting an eye. Can they get back to that in 2020? I think so, and I'll tell you why coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And guys, we are sponsored today by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years make sure to go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers they have everything from engine control modules brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck make sure to write down locked on on their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast join the draft dudes kyle krabs and joe marino as they go position by position through the nfl free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 nfl draft if you want to know who your favorite nfl team should be adding to its roster you need to check out locked on nfl scouting available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Thursday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Louis DiBiase here with you talking about the cornerback position, one that uh, 
I love, I played it in middle school and high school in my very short, brief football career playing, I rode pine, but it was a position that I loved to play and pick up as well. And um, unfortunately, we really haven't had the pleasure of watching a ton of talented players at that position um, in the last decade in Philadelphia with the Eagles, right? They just, no matter what they try, uh, signing the big fish like Namdi Asamoah and Byron Maxwell, going with the value veterans, right? The the bridge guys like Bradley Fletcher, Kerry Williams, Nolan Carroll, Leotis McKelvin, Ron Brooks. I mean, that didn't work. And then they tried the opposite when Howie Roseman took back over. They started drafting those guys early. Sidney Jones in round two in 2017, Razul Douglas in round three. The next year, they make a fourth round selection on Avante Maddox Uh, Jalen Mills as well in the seventh round they tried trading they gave up a third round pick in Jordan Matthews their number one receiver at the time for Ronald Darby we all know how I feel about Ronald Darby was a disaster of a trade if you ask me even though he was the starting corner when they won the Super Bowl they did that really without the help of their cornerback position maybe let me step back a little bit I do think Jalen Mills really stepped up in the playoffs and you know he's had his strengths and he's had some real positive moments uh, throughout his career with the Eagles but they haven't been able to get it right and especially compared to where they were at in the Jim Johnson Andy Reid era of the early 2000s I mean that really was the golden era of cornerbacks for the Eagles they couldn't miss now you can't find a good corner to get out there for Philadelphia hopefully Darius Slate is that guy but it just nothing has worked, whereas before, it was the opposite. I mean, the Eagles went from Troy Vincent and Bobby Taylor, two incredibly underrated Eagles defensive players in franchise history, right? Early 2000s, when they were making those first NFC title runs up until 2003, Troy Vincent, Bobby Taylor, you did not have to worry about the cornerback position. Those were big physical corners that could make plays on the ball. They were getting at least four interceptions a year apiece. And then they went from that that combo Toledo Shepard, they drafted in the first round, and Sheldon Brown. So they go from Troy Vincent and Bobby Taylor to Lido Shepard and Sheldon Brown, and then they went from that to signing Asante Samuel. So you went 11 years, really, up until that dream team season. And yeah, in 2010, after Sheldon Brown was gone, you couldn't find that CB2 for Asante, right? You had Dimitri Patterson, Ellis Hobbs, Hasilio Hansen in the slot. But you had Asante, you had a CB1, so no matter what, you didn't have to worry about what the other team's wide receiver one was going to do because you had an elite corner to go toe-to-toe with that player. You went from those five players over a decade-long span to not being able to find anything. And I felt confident before. I thought at times they had it fixed. I thought in 2011, Namdi Asimo at the time when they signed him in free agency to that mega contract... Outside of Darrell Rivas, people saw him as the best cornerback in football. It was 1A, 1B when Namdi left Oakland. DRC, extremely underrated, elite speed corner from the Arizona Cardinals. They had Asante Samuel as well. That trio seemed like the best in football. It was the complete opposite, right? Namdi just fell off the earth with just how bad that guy regressed with the Eagles. Uh, They gave up on Asante a year later, and while, yeah, he retired a couple years later, that to me was a mistake. So they got rid of Samuel, and DRC just wasn't what he was with the Cardinals. So in 2011, I was fooled. Um, 2015 as well, I thought Byron Maxwell was a great signing at the time. So that just goes to show you can miss on any take you have. Um, In 2019 even, last year, I thought they had an abundance of good, young, promising corners. I thought 
you know, of the five or six they had with, because in 2018, they ended the season on a high note at cornerback. Razul Douglas, Avante Maddox, Craven LeBlanc, the, you know, five-week stretch they had in the end of the regular season, as well as the playoff games against Chicago and New Orleans, that was a high level of cornerback play between those three, as well as hoping Sidney Jones finally met that upside. Jalen Mills coming back, Ronald Darby. I mean, you had six guys. You figured you'd find three of those pieces to be long-term pieces. Right now, it seems like none of them were. Hopefully, Sidney Jones or Avante Maddox can be this year, but they clearly don't trust Razul Douglas anymore. They moved Jalen Mills to safety. Uh, Ronald Darby is now in Washington. And Craven LeBlanc, uh, you know, I think he thrives every time he's out on the field. But he has injury issues, and they signed Nikel Roby Coleman this year. So <laughs> I've been fooled before. I felt confident, and it just hasn't worked out. I think this year I feel confident again to that same degree. But I think this time it's going to be justified. I don't think this is going to be the same thing as, you know, 2011, 2015, 2019. Just based on who they signed, um, the style of those players, and, and their track record, I think Darius Slay's in his prime right now. I think Nikel Roby Coleman's been one of the best slot corners over the last two seasons. And I think if you can get Avante Maddox to go back to that 2018 form, or this could be the year that they finally get back to that um, position of having corner be a strength on defense and on, on the team. And it's not, and they've won despite that um, over a decade long span. So, you know, the fact that you got Darius Slay, I think he's a top 10 cornerback. I think he's the best corner you've had since Asante Samuel. I mean, the style is what I like. He's among the league's best in man coverage and making plays on the ball. And that's something the Eagles need desperately man coverage you know, you don't have to play 10 yards off the ball and have a safety over top or else Terry McLaurin is going to destroy you, right? Slay can be on an island. He can shadow Amari Cooper all game outside and inside. He can cover a team's best tight end. Like, I'm sure against San Fran this year, he's going to be covering George Kittle at times. Um, he's a player that can do that mano a mano, and he can make plays on the ball, and the Eagles have not had a knack of making turnovers on defense. Really, in the Doug Peterson era. Again, they've won despite these factors. Darius Slay comes in. He's top 10 in both of those categories. He ha- He's fourth highest um, among corners and wins above replacement since 2014 to really show his value. And uh, you talk about plays on the ball. His 85 forced incompletions since 2014 are most in the NFL over that span. He also has the most pass deflections um, in the NFL since he's come into the league. That's a type of player, that's a type of corner that you pay big dollar for. That's a type of player that if you can get for a third round pick and a fifth, like the Eagles did, I'll I'll run with that. Just look at the numbers last year in a, on a down season. Darius Slay in single coverage against some really damn good receivers. Listen to these receivers' numbers going up against Slay. Stephon Diggs last year, five catches for 87 yards, probably the best performance against Slay. He didn't allow one of these guys to have over 100 yards. You talk about a player like Terry McLaurin, who nearly ended the Eagles' season last year, tore them up two games of two against Darius Slay last year. Ten targets, just three receptions, and 42 yards. Amari Cooper, another player that has been the Eagles' Achilles heel over the last two years since getting traded to the Cowboys. Last year, against Darius Slay in single coverage, six targets, just three catches for 38 yards. So 
And, and Allen Robinson, let's look at, against uh, the, the Chicago Bears. Seven targets, four receptions for just 41 yards. Then against one of the best receivers in the game, Devontae Adams against the Green Bay Packers, five targets, four receptions for 63 yards. You can ask Darius Slay to go toe-to-toe with the best in the game and not only not let them catch the football, but he can make plays on the ball as well. So you, to me, still are having, at 29 years old, a prime corner that's top 10 in the league. So that, in its own right, is going to do so much for this defense. Because the Eagles have not had corners, you know, shadow um, receivers throughout the past couple years because they just haven't had anybody good enough to do that. So that alone is going to take the load off. It's going to take the pressure off of Ante Maddox or Sidney Jones and Nikel Roby Coleman having Darius Slay say, hey, their best target in the passing game, I got him all game. I got him for four quarters. I can't tell you how exciting it is to finally have that player. Knock on wood, because again, I felt confident before that they have that, but I really think Slay is that guy. It's been a long time, but I think he is the true replacement to number 22, Asante Samuel. And then again, like I mentioned, Nikel Roby Coleman. I mean, I've been covering this guy since his early days with the Buffalo Bills. He's a top slot corner. In the last two seasons, he has been, to me, the best slot corner. He's allowed just .75 yards per snap in slot coverage. That's the second lowest in that span. So this is at least a top two inside coverage corner uh, per numbers over the last two seasons with the Los Angeles Rams. So you have those two alone, two veteran proven guys that aren't really making that much money. That's the good thing is um, Namdi Hasamwa, Byron Maxwell, not only were these guys liabilities on defense, but you were paying them these giant fat contracts. Whereas now, Slay, Roby Coleman, they're massive upgrades from what you've had, and especially compared to those old veterans that I'm talking about, and they're not making a whole lot of money. I mean, their cap hits combined, I don't do they even reach $10, $10 million next year? And then it's CB2, because Roby Coleman's going to be inside, right? He's your new Patrick Robinson, Brandon Boykin, Hasilio Hansen. I'll say, that's one thing. The Eagles have had some good slot corners over the years. Even Avante Maddox and Crave on the block. Like, they've, it's kind of weird they've had so much success finding inside corners, but not outside guys. Again, they can't buy an outside corner. I think Darius Slay will be that again, but they have not been able to since Asante. Um, so that's going to be a huge upgrade. But at CB2, opposite Darius Slay, that's where maybe this position still uh, can be a weakness of the team. If Avante Maddox is as inconsistent as he was last year, if Sidney Jones can't stay healthy and he looks like he did last year against, let's say, uh, that that couple weeks uh, stretch in October against the Green Bay Packers, uh, then he gets hurt. Against the Minnesota Vikings, he looked terrible. So that could still be a problem, but I'll tell you, if just one of those guys breaks out, like if Maddox returns to his 2018 form where no cornerback allowed fewer yards per snap in coverage than Maddox, he also was fourth amongst corners in passer rating in 2018 when targeted. When quarter when quarterbacks targeted Maddox in 2018, they had a 59.9 passer rating. That was fourth among all corners. So if you can get Maddox back to that point, where he was, by the way, playing on the outside that year, So he was producing like that, not in the slot, but on the outside. If you can get him back to that point, or Sidney Jones to break out and continue off where he was last year, I mean, the dude made, what, three game-winning plays for you? Monday Night Football against, or game-saving plays at least. Uh, Monday Night Football against the New York Giants. 
Um, against the Dallas Cowboys, he makes the play in the left corner of the end zone, uh, tips the ball down, covering Michael Gallup one-on-one. Dak Prescott targets him right as Jones gets in the game, just like Eli did, and both times in these giant moments where Sidney Jones has to step up with the season on the line, I mean, the dude came through, and then he had an interception in Week 17 to help clinch the NFC East title. In the final two games last year, Sid had three pass breakups, an interception, and gave up the second lowest passer rating in the NFL. Now, I know he was kind of your, like, uh, soccer player that comes in in the 90th minute, right? He's your, I, I'm a big Italian soccer guy, so he's your Del Piero. <laughs> so he's kind of, he's your closer, right? In baseball terms, right? He's your pitcher that comes in just to close things out. So the second lowest passer rating thing, kind of uh, a bad number to use just based on the amount of snaps he played compared to other corners. But that just goes to show where his confidence finally was at at the end of the year. He was making plays. So if you can get just one of those guys to break out, you could have a trio that is kind of like what you used to have with Lido Shepard, Bobby Taylor, Troy Vincent. This could finally be a strength of the team, and I'm really excited about that. I'm, I'm very confident, and again, I know I have been before, but I'm very confident that 2020 is going to be the season where the Eagles, they don't just have like cornerback play that they, they can get by with, right? Because that's kind of how it was in 2017. And even in 2018, like Razul, you know, Maddox, LeBlanc, they played really well, but it wasn't like one of the best positions of the team. It wasn't a massive strength. They've been able to get by and win the last three years despite it. This year, I genuinely think it's going to be a strength. As long as Maddox and or Jones is not wrecking games for you because they just, they, they're not back to where you know Maddox was a couple years ago and where Jones's upside presents, that can be an issue, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think at least one of them is going to take that step up again in 2020, like Maddox has in the past in 2018, and like Jones did down the stretch um, last year. So it's been a long time since the Eagles have had that kind of um, success at cornerback since that golden era, going from Vincent and Taylor to Shepard and Brown to Asante Samuel, but I'm, I'm really feeling like this is going to be the year. All right, coming up next, we're going to wrap up this edition of Locked on Eagles. I talked about Maddox and Jones. Like, those are the two big what-ifs at the cornerback position, right? Because I think you're going to – there's a certain floor of play you're going to get from Slay this year and from Roby Coleman, barring that they stay healthy. Um, Jones and Maddox are the, are the wild cards. You don't know what you're going to get from them. I do wonder – we talked about this the other day when we did that wide receiver three podcast. Like, would they consider – just rotating guys through, like playing J.J. Fagel-Whiteside, but also Greg Ward, also Marquise Goodwin, maybe John Hightower. Like, you might not have that just one set-in-stone third receiver like you have in the past. Would they do that at the cornerback position? I'm going to get into that coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles. And guys, today's podcast is also sponsored by our good friends over at Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. I don't know. I've had other protein bars in the past that honestly taste like tree bark that is covered in chocolate. I think it's terrible. And Built Bar is the complete opposite. Honestly, if you're going to a movie and you're picking out your favorite candy bars, I, I, I could make the argument that you should bring a Built Bar. And uh, yes, they are a protein bar and they have 20 grams of protein in them. It's a healthy alternative. But man, the 20 flavors they got, like 
it does truly taste like a candy bar. You got the orange vanilla, uh, you got peanut butter cup, you got mint chocolate, um, banana bread, you name it, 20 awesome, unique flavors. And if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN, you can get $10 off your first order. Again, BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN. We thank Built Bar for sponsoring the podcast today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Thursday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Wrapping up this Thursday edition, getting into the cornerback position. I think 2020 is the year they finally get back to where they were in the early 2000s. Um, with Bobby Taylor and Troy Vincent and Sheldon Brown and Lido Shepard and then Asante Samuel. They haven't had that success over the last decade. I've felt like this confidence-wise before, last year, 2011, even unfortunately 2015. But I think this year is the year they do it. I think with the combination of Slay and Roby Coleman. And then I think as long as you just get average play from Avante Maddox or Sidney Jones, this is going to be a strength of the team. Will they get that? I'm not sure. I mean, both players have been very inconsistent throughout their short careers to say, of course, like they still have a a ton of time to develop. Um, But nonetheless, it's been inconsistent. You don't know what you're going to get from these guys. You've seen really high levels of play. Maddox down the stretch in 2018. Sidney Jones down the stretch in 2019. But you've also seen some disastrous performances. I mean, both against the Green Bay Packers last year on Thursday Night Football. Uh, Sid a couple weeks later against Minnesota. Um, Maddox wasn't really all that great throughout the entire season last year. So they're the wild cards. And I do wonder if neither one of those players separates themselves, would they consider doing almost a cornerback by committee type of deal where you do, because on defense, they're going to do so much more matchup based stuff this year anyway. Would they consider, I don't know, let's say hypothetically one one week you're heading into uh, a matchup with an offense that likes to go with power, they like to run the football, they have bigger targets at tight end and wide receiver, let's say Maddox and Jones, again, they don't separate themselves, would you consider using sometimes Jalen Mills back at corner against bigger targets, or even you know a safety like Kayvon Wallace or Will Parks or Razul Douglas? I know everybody, including the Eagles, have given up on Razul, including Howie Roseman. Like when they asked about this offseason, they asked Howie about Razul Douglas and Sidney Jones. His answer for Sid was very positive. It's like you know. He has the skill set. We just got to be patient with him. You know, he's got to do it this year. But, like, it, it clearly sounded like they believed in Jones still. And then they asked about Razul, and uh, it breaks my heart because you guys know I'm the leader of the, the Zool Hive. But how he said about him, he's like, you know, he has a body of work. Basically saying, like, he's had his opportunities. He started six games last year, and um, what he's done is just not enough for the team. I disagree. I feel like if you use him in the right ways, he can be a good role player for you on defense. The team doesn't feel that way, though. I know the majority of you out there do not agree with me there as well. But I think like if you used him in, in this kind of situation um, against bigger targets, 
He's a physical corner. He's a good tackler. I think he's had the best ball skills of any Eagles corner they've had, truthfully, since Asante Samuel. I mean that. I think I think Douglas has been the best. And again, it just goes to show they haven't had any, really. But Douglas has been their best ball hawk since Asante. So there are traits to his game that you can use if you want to do matchup-based stuff on defense this year at cornerback. So, I don't know, maybe you use Douglas and Mills at times against more physical targets, and then Avante Maddox and Sidney Jones against more athletic, explosive receivers. I don't think that's the plan heading into the season. I think they want Maddox or Jones to go win that job. But if neither one separates themselves, of course, they can make a trade. They could look into you know other routes like that. They can move Mills back to corner, which, knowing Jim Schwartz, I think... I think it's a short leash for Maddox and Jones. I know they say they're going to move him to strong safety, and I like that fit a lot for Jalen. But I don't know. If it comes to like it's week five and neither Maddox, Jones, or even Douglas, they can hold on and produce, I wouldn't be surprised if Mills goes back to corner. So I'm not sure. I mean, again, that's not the plan. They want Avante or Sid to win that job. But if not, I could see them, again, maybe Mills moves back. They they try to trade for somebody. But I could see a situation where, because they're going to be going so matchup heavy this year on all three levels of defense, at linebacker, at defensive line, and in the secondary, I don't know, maybe they do use almost this just like merry-go-round of corners with Razul Douglas, Jalen Mills, Avante Maddox, Sidney Jones. And I don't just mean corners, I mean like defensive backs. Like there's going to be times, I'm sure, where maybe they have – you know, uh, they have six defensive backs out there, but it's like two corners. It's Darius Slay and Nikel Roby Coleman. And then it's uh, all four safeties. It's McLeod, it's Parks, it's uh, Wallace, and it's Mills. So I'm not sure. I think that's a route they will consider if they do not get the consistency from Maddox or Jones that they're banking on. But I do think at least one of them will provide that for you, and I think that results in a pretty damn good secondary in 2020. I'm feeling optimistic about it for the first time well, again, I was last year, but I'm feeling genuinely optimistic this year based on a proven track record in the past. More so, last year was all about upside and potential, and you guys know how I am with that category of you know football evaluation. Um, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff, but this year I feel good based on what Slay and Roby Coleman have done for you lately, and also from what I've seen in flashes between Maddox and Jones. I think you're going to get at least one of those guys to return to when they were playing high-quality football. For Jones, that was the last time the Eagles were on the field. For Maddox, it's been a year, but I think one of them will get back to that, and hopefully the Eagles can get back to the golden era of defensive backs, man, because, again, we talked about the GOATs uh, in segment one. I think Asante Samuel is that, but before Asante, it was... Lido Shepard and Sheldon Brown, and before that it was Troy Vincent and Bobby Taylor, and they had Eric Allen. This team had good secondaries, um, and now they, they just haven't lately, and I, th- I think they're going to get back to that this year, especially at corner. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this edition of the show. We will be back tomorrow. We're going to do four episodes this week, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast on any platform, also on LockedOnEagles.com. And the conversation always continues on Twitter, at LockedOnBirds, at DiBiaseLoe. For myself, Lou DiBiase, signing off. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, and let's go Birds. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.